Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome to the Bradley Wiggins Show by Eurosport, the home of cycling, brought to you by Zwift. Explore, train and compete on the cycling app where fun is fast. I'm Graham Wilgos. Brad, what a day of Welter. Yeah, amazing, wasn't it? Huge stage and joining us to talk it over, the king, the return of the king, Sean Kelly. Good evening. And winner of the 1988 Welter Espana, Sean. We should... Uh, Do you have to keep reminding us of that? Well, I think we should as well. Oh, of course. I'm only joking. Yes. Uh, 88 Vuelta and uh, 87, the one I should have won. And you played a part. Well, let's come on to this a little bit later. But you, you played a part or, or didn't play a part in the end in uh, Robert Miller not winning. Did you ride uh, that one? In the, in the chase you in 1985. Yes, I did. I was in that group with uh, Robert. and um, On that deciding day. Yes. And uh, so, a penultimate day. Um, and this was a mountainous stage, and um, yeah, there was that break with uh, Delgado and Riccio. There was other ones, I think, but they were the two that held out in front. And uh, yeah, the time checks weren't correct coming back, and we realised too late. And then yeah, I spoke with um, Robert, and uh, we started riding, but uh, by far, far too late. Yeah, he w- he wasn't very happy afterwards, was he at the time? No, got uh, totally flicked. But it was it was a case that the Spanish didn't want. A, uh, a foreign rider as they saw it winning their race well out in front of course Reccio he was riding for Kelme at the time Delgado another uh, Spanish rider so uh, yeah it's um, it was uh, a case of you know not getting the correct information at all and uh, of course yeah the team uh, Peugeot uh, maybe the uh, the you know didn't um, you know be careful enough or you know because at that time you could expect uh, things like that happening. Uh, you know, when you're a, yeah, when you're on a foreign team, you know, competing against um, Spanish teams and uh, Spanish riders, um, yeah, it's uh, it's something that at that time it was always possible it could happen. Mm. You ever face anything like we saw today on the final climb to the uh, to the top of the Gamonteru in the mist, that otherworldly sort of atmosphere? No, um, I think. Uh, the Vuelta has been finding these new roads and, um, you know, looking back at uh, yesterday's stage to um, Lagos de Covadonga, that was the big one in the Vuelta and I did it a number of times and it was uh, a major difficult one because back in the day, the gearing we had as well, we didn't have the ratio of gearing uh, back then. We had a 42, 41 inside chainring and you had a 25 rear sprocket. So that tells, you know, how difficult it would have been on the uh, Lagos de Covadonga. Now, the, gear, the gearing ratio you have is much, much lower and you see the riders, they spin the gear uh, on those climbs but if you look at the footage of the Vuelta if you look at the footage of the Tour of France and you know the you know the ones were challenging or uh, riding to win the race they were just grinding up those uh, steep climbs like Alto A's in the Tour of France or like Lagos to Covadonga it was just a grind to get up because we did not have the gearing uh, to uh, to spin the gear yeah an elevation gain rarely seen in the Vuelta was how the organisers described today's stage Brad yeah yeah 
talk us through that final climb and uh, Movistar finally got their win with Superman Lopez. Yeah, I mean, it was... Um, Movistar got their win. I think um, all the action happened on the climb, but... I've, I mean, in terms of it, it, was just it was a bit of a slog, really. Yeah. The gradients were such that um, it was always going to be that way. Um, Adam Yates didn't live up to the hype. But Bernal put, laid it down, didn't he? He had a go. Has Bernal animated it again today? Yeah. No, the, the, for the, He's really for the GC form, group, particularly. Week, yeah. 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 And again, fair play to him for giving it a go. It was Michael Storer who set his... Yeah. Storer, the explorer, set his stall out early today. He went from 70k. Sean called it, actually. In fact, you called it just before he went. You went, oh, he's going to go on 70k. And then 70k came. Well, I was joking a little bit because, you know, now it seems to be the thing to do. Riders, they get into a big breakaway. Uh, then, you know, it's not uh, working out in the breakaway. A lot of riders want to just sit on and get carried further into the stage. And thinking of the end of today's stage, there was a lot of riders thinking about that. Wait, wait. But Stora had other ideas. And uh, when he hit off, uh, you know, I was just really kind of joking about it but that's what he did and you know that's what he's uh, that's what he's done already and you know we've seen that in a lot of stages uh, in tours of recent also in the classic races they seem to go for these marathon breakaways it's the thing to do and yeah they succeed a lot of the time and then we saw UAE working hard for David De La Cruz yeah and De La Cruz it was who eventually caught Stora yeah yeah and then we saw the then we saw a huge GC battle on the front. We did um, the two the two Movistar riders. Well, Enric Mass basically got a, a toe almost to the top of the climb. Yeah. Before Roglic struck out away from from him and Bernal, that's right. um, but there was no catching no, no. catching Lopez no, up, up front. Was there? He, yeah. So he finished with fourteen seconds. Did he? So he's he's gained ever so slightly. Right. Yeah. No, Roglic that's exactly how I saw it. And um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's not much to add really. It's, um, that was pretty much it. Bernal keeps giving it a go though. The animator. Yeah, he does. And I think that's the mark of him. You know, he's a Giro winner. I think he's finally come back to the form he showed two years ago when he won the Tour. And obviously he's showed the form this year when he won the Giro. But we worried last year, didn't we? Two years after last year when he was uh, faded in the Tour and his back injury and whether he was ever going to get back to the heights of before. So this year has been a, a huge statement from him. Enrique Mass, second overall. Lopez, so Mass at 2.30. Lopez, the two Movistar riders at 2.53. Then we've got Jack Haig at 4.36 and then Bernal at 4.43. Is a podium overall still within reach for him, given that we've for Jack. got... For Bernal. For Bernal. Oh, I think mm, it's going to be very difficult now uh, with the time gaps. Um, he might have left it just a bit too late. If he had another stage like today, I think he could have done, yeah. Mm. But um, I think it's going to be a tall order. No one's mentioned... We've not talked about Bernal. Bernal's back and his back issues. Well, he doesn't um, seem to have had any, is yeah. he? That... We mentioned it a couple of times over the course of the Giro, but it just doesn't seem to have affected no. him or or maybe we've just not noticed it. Well, I just don't think it's there anymore. And I think he's um, it's more a lack of form more than anything. He came in a bit undercooked, I think, in this Walter. Yeah. And he's if it's a shame there's not one, maybe another mountain stage like today for him to shine on. Yeah, we've got one more to come, really, but nothing quite as savage as today. Sean, did we think he would recover from his back issues in quite the same way that he has? Well... Yeah, it's a concern when a rider have a back injury and we see last uh, year the way he did struggle with it and you know it can be something that really affects the rest of his career. Um and he's proved that he's yeah come back and uh, you know in this um this felt that he was uh, you know not at the uh, level he needed to be at and I think that is something you know they have to look at within the Ineos team because you know when a rider goes away and 
maybe going back to Colombia, all of those things, is that the best thing to do when the riders go away? Yeah. We know now the way the, uh, the big tour uh, riders prepare all these altitude training camps with the team and that, and they're monitored a bit more. So, yeah, he's proved he's back and he's you know back pretty close to his top level, but uh, I think uh, a little bit too late into this Vuelta. Mm. Jack Haig, Brad, we, we mentioned him there. He said afterwards that he wanted his Bahrain victorious team to make the race hard today just to see after uh, after yesterday, just to see if anyone cracked. Because yeah. a, a lot of people we know would have really put an awful lot of guts and effort into yesterday, let alone what we saw today. It didn't work out for him, but fair play for, for giving it a go again. Yeah, he's rallied them guys around him, really. He's, um, he's become a real leader. He's shone this race for me. His interviews are really well-balanced and... Um, he just seems like a really good guy as well. Um, and for someone who's not used to sort of being the leader of the team, with obviously um, coming into this race, he's really come of, come of age this whole Grand Tour. And at the moment, I think, you know, it's still, I don't think he'll make it onto the podium, but I think he, like he said, I think a week ago now, he did an interview, he said that um, anything more than where he's at at the moment is a bonus. He's been up there in the Dauphiné and Paris-Nice, but um, this is by far and away his biggest result. I mean, you've got guys like Damiano Caruso and, and Wout Poles working for you, yeah. given what they've achieved in the exactly, sport. Exactly, yeah. Um, and how long they've been around, too. When you've got guys like that, and he's, you know, he's still quite a young rider by yeah. comparison, that speaks a lot for his character. Yeah, and he's, he's emptied the tank every day, which you know, he's repaid his teammates admirably. So. Mm. Sean, the questions that we saw put to Roglic after today's stage whether today was the Queen's stage or whether yesterday was the Queen's stage. You wanted you wanted Roglic to show a little bit more swagger in his answers, didn't you? He's a bit too polite. Yes, very much so, I think. You know, um, he was asked a question about yesterday and today's stage, which was the, you know, the big, uh, the Queen's stage, and you know, he didn't really give an answer. And so I was saying, well, he should have said yesterday was it because uh, I won the stage and Lagos Covadonga is the one. Brad, are you, uh, would you hope for a little more? Um, on, I know he's been we've talked about how relaxed he's been but do you think it's time Roglic showed a little bit more swagger in the way he, he deals with journalists no no that's him and that's what makes him so good um, you can't change who you are really fundamentally and I wouldn't know I mean it's you know at the end of the day it's not about the journalists it's about Roglic mm. it's not really about us sitting here watching it or the journalists he does what he has to do he gives the right answers he gives he's very professional about what he does and um, he goes about his business. You know, it's best to be good on the bike than give a good interview. It, uh, they've been playing it down, Jumbo Visma, and we've we've heard that from Roglic. Um, it's in the back for him now, though. Surely, yeah. Uh, yeah we, we, we are not going to see the same no. thing we saw at the Tour last year. No, no, because we don't have a, a time trial like that, Planche de Belfield, do we? So, um, and we don't have anyone like Pogacar in the race either who can mm. challenge him. But he wasn't letting. Bernal, even with a cushion of four and a half minutes, he just wasn't letting him out of his sight today. Every time Bernal attacked on that final climb within that last four or five k's, Roglic just used it as a springboard to go with him. With yeah, but he tried to win off. the stage, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. So, um, and they said that they openly said that they were trying to win the stage today, and so he was just. It was. It was. It was. A, it really wasn't about the GC once they got onto that climb. It almost looked like they were just racing for the stage. It was a straight out race. Yeah, Roglic safe in the red jersey. Roman Bardet lost the KOM jersey today because of Michael Storer's efforts. He's now five points behind. That was a curious little subplot when we saw Storer so far up the road, but Bardet um, being given licence to to go for as many points as he could in the KOM competition too, yeah. and dragging a couple of people along with him. Yeah, um, 
I think he he was just going for the stage win, and a byproduct of that was that he got the King of the Mountains jersey off his teammate. And uh, I think the main thing was it stayed in the team. Mm. Um, so I think Roman will be the first to congratulate him tonight. Mm. Sean, what did you make of that with uh, with DSM? Do you think they played that well, or do you think if if Bardet hadn't have have set off in chase so soon, do you think Stora could have been because he was only caught with sort of seven k's to go? No, I don't think uh, Stora had any chance of getting to the uh, the end and winning the stage. And you know, we see Bardet um, when there was one of the guys from um, Escatel went in the attack, and he just followed him and picked up the uh, remaining points on the uh, t- on that mountain classification. And uh, yeah, you could you know you could see you could see that that was the normal thing to do. It was it was easy picking. It wasn't that the race was on behind big time uh, that there was a team driving it on. So just uh, pick up the points available. And you know now it's in with DSM. The two are in the top of the mountain classification, and they just have to control it from here. We'll be back with more from the Bradley Wiggins show after this. Brad, we're fortunate to be sponsored by Zwift, where fun is fast, but it also unlocks performance. Great app, but we use it in very different ways, don't we? We do. I mean, I tend to go on sometimes with my son now um, and just try and keep up with him, really. And it's a way of riding together and, and grouping up with other people, maybe a few people, friends that live in London, if I'm up north or vice versa, because, um, you know, you can't always get on the roads with people. I've been on there with Matt Stevens, um, and I've also done some live Zwift sessions through Le Col and caught up with the likes of Victor Campanot and Fabian Cancellara on it. So it's a great tool. I'm a big fan of being able to get on there at short notice without having to organise a, a group ride in real life, if you like, um, and just buzz it around with a, a few mates. Yeah, there's always someone on there that's willing to ride, even if, you know, it's a good way of making new mates. It is. Even if your mates aren't about, there's group rides, a massive community of pros on there, people exactly like well exactly like me exactly like you and i believe there's some um, olympic inspired routes on there isn't there graham there are you can explore the mercury islands to get you geared up ready for the olympics and i believe there's a seven day free trial available well just in time for the olympics there's a seven day free trial a special offer find out more download the app today welcome back to the bradley wiggins show brad looking forward to tomorrow We've got a medium mountain stage, three categorised climbs, stage 19, a long day, 191 kilometres. I'm thinking back to Adam Yates' interview before today's stage, and he just said everyone in the peloton is tired at this yeah. point. It's got to be one for the breakaway tomorrow, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think it'll be a big break, and the, and the winner will come from there, and Yumbo will ride all day, and it's another day ticked off for them. Sean, you think tomorrow could be one for a young British rider, don't you, that we didn't see much from today, perhaps resting himself in preparation? Yes, I think uh, Pitcock for tomorrow's stage. Um, we've seen him, he's getting uh, better as the race go on, uh, as is the case with Bernal. Uh, Ineos Grenadiers, you know, they need to get a stage victory out of this race and I feel that he will be uh, yeah, looking to get into the breakaway and if he does, you know, the train in the, in the, in the beginning is difficult but in the end uh, it's not that majorly difficult. So I could see, you know, a, a small group of riders getting to finish yes, tomorrow for the stage. Mm. Brad, Ineos have got to be quite disappointed about how this Welt has gone for them in terms of what they've had or, or the, having such little to show for their efforts. Yeah, but they i mean—they came here with a big leader in Bernau and, you know, he's fought to the end every day and he's up to fifth now in GC. So he's tried to win the race the last two days and, you know, the main thing is like the execution of it and going out there to try and win the race. Um, it hasn't paid off, but I also don't think they came with a very strong squad. I think they came with a lot of tired legs. Mm. 
I think, you know, Rowan Dennis, since he's announced, well, since the rumblings of him going to leave the team before the Tour de France, obviously he didn't get selected for the Tour. It always seems strange you don't race someone for half a season because they're going to leave. And someone of the quality of Rowan off the mm. back of the Olympics would have been a big asset to that team here. You're effectively paying someone not to race for other people. Yeah, it always seems to go that way. And it's a little bit of a, I don't know, it seems a bit stupid. Yeah. Do we expect too much from Adam Yates, partly because of what we've seen his brother achieve, um, but also partly because um, of what we've seen him do at the Tour de France, winning the Young Riders jersey, yeah. finishing fourth? Absolutely, yeah, which was quite a while now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, he's um, we, we expect a lot from him because, you know, he won Catalonia this year. We saw him going to Ineos as um, a step up in terms of him really taking on some sort of leadership and mm. maybe one of the, the next projects for being the main guy for the Tour de France and um, it hasn't gone it hasn't gone to plan one final mountainous day proper mountainous day on Saturday is that the day for Yates could that be the day for Yates uh, I mean he's just a bit hot and cold at the moment isn't he yesterday I was really promising it looked promising that he could do something today but he just looked in difficulty all day today once he hit that last climb and mm. you just don't know with Adam he mm. could come back and win the stage he seems to have a good day and a bad day and a good day and a bad day and um, it'd be nice to see him finish off this race with a stage win. Mm. How do you see the final two stages panning out over the weekend, Sean? So we've got the, that final mountain stage on the Saturday. I mean, it's it's got to be a gimme, the time trial for the man currently in the red jersey, isn't it? Yes, I think the time trial, you know, there's not going to be great changes uh, in the overall standings and certainly not uh, the top place in the GC with Roglic. He is, you know, totally in control of that uh, you know that position now um the next two stages are going to be stages where the breakaway i think will be uh, the ones where the stage will be won from and uh, you know talking about adam yates he's not a rider that goes in the breakaways a lot he doesn't he doesn't do that he usually you know when he gets to the mountain uh, with riders and can finish it up at a mountain top finish but uh yeah they're going to be really desperate to get stages and it depend on you know what happened tomorrow then Saturday stage it could be a day where we might see you know they really having to push the boat out and try and get a stage win mm. Brad you know exactly what this feels like being uh, on top of the pile but also having uh, a time trial still to come something you know you're going to be head and shoulders above everyone else in the race yeah he's just got to execute it like he does every time Primoz and um, you know it's in the bag at this point and the team we're going to have to get round him the next couple of days and it's just about not taking any risks at this stage and getting to that last time trial and executing what he does best. I, th- I could see him winning this race by five minutes. And who do you, who do you think is going to join him on the podium? Is it, do, do Movistar have that position two and three locked out? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, none of them are really great time trialists after, you know, second, third, fourth, but um, I can't see it shifting too much at this stage. Really? I yeah. think, I think the time gaps are too big. Yeah. Bernal and Haig on the opening time trial didn't show enough to suggest that they're going to be able to overturn it. I wouldn't have thought so, no. Not with the time gaps. And and a, and a time trial on the last day is always very difficult. It's not like a uh, time trial sort of couple of days to go or, you know, everyone's pretty tired and getting on your time trial bike after three weeks is, is not easy. Mm. Is that success for Movistar if it finishes the way it is now, second and third on the podium at, as you've called it, their yeah. world championships? It's, it's their home race. It's the one they wanted, They they need success for. To, it's, it's how they measure themselves as a team. Yeah, I think I think second and third, if, if two people on the podium is, is a great result. And they've got a stage win now. And I think that all their success now has come in the last part. You know, I think that's the best they can hope for with someone like Primoz Rodlish as strong as he is. Mm. Sean, you took the jersey, didn't you? in 
the was it the day before or was it the time trial when you won in in 88 yes on the penultimate stage yeah did you know you were going to take it at the time did you think okay if i if i race this stage like i know i can i know i'm going to come out with the leader's jersey and then i just have to hang on to it yes i was confident going into it because i was uh, against um Al Selmo Fuerte, who wasn't, you know, as uh, good as time threat as I had been and the results I had put up. So I was pr- quite confident going into it. But at the end of a three-week race, you know, you're always concerned that, you're, you know, you're going to have an off day and you can lose a lot of time. And, you know, I had seen it uh, with other uh, big tours, uh, you know, during the uh, my career. So you're always that little bit concerned. But as all you can do is just, you know, do the normal thing that you do best to prepare for the time trial, you know, from the early in the morning and just go out there and give it your best shot. And that's what I did. And it worked out uh, perfectly. Throughout the three weeks, were you aware that um, sort of other Spanish teams coming together to work against you? No, I don't think uh, I had that situation at all. I was writing for uh, CAS, which was uh, a Spanish sponsor. Uh, So I think I was, you know, uh, well supported there and, uh, because of that uh, team, you know, the, there was a lot of people behind me and there was never any um, situation where the teams were going to ride against me. Um, it was just uh, yeah, every team and every rider, they just uh, battled out and gave your best and uh, yeah, the best man uh, won in the end of the race. Brad, last time Movistar did anything in terms of real success at the Vuelta, we're thinking back to either Valverde on the podium two years ago or we're talking about Nairo Quintana uh, which seems like an age ago winning in 2016 yeah um, but like I said they're going to get two people on the podium this race by the looks of it certainly one and they lost Valverde this race you know he's kind of like a stalwater this race he's part of the fabric of the Volta but it is what it is you know you can only do your best really and, and they do lack I think they do lack a um, a big leader like they've had in the past you know when you go back to the likes of Indurain Alano uh, Delgado, they've had Jose Maria Jimenez, mm. you know, when they were in Benesto, and they've they've always had good riders, Menchov, um, but they probably they've pinned all their hopes on on Lopez at the moment, who's you know he's getting more consistent in his performances now, um, but they've just come up against someone in in the Tour de France like Tadej Pogacar and Primoz Roglic, who who loves doing the Volta and is well set to win his third Volta, so it's very difficult. But they probably need to go into the market to to look at and. Who knows? Someone like Britain's Grant Thomas could be someone who could hmm. could do that for them. Yeah, you think so? Well, I mean, I don't, we were talking about his contract the other day, weren't we? And there's no, there's been no news about it. Yeah, it'd be nice to see Grant leave that team really and, and and spread his wings a little bit because he's still capable of so much more in this sport. And Ineos, it's a funny setup, and it's almost getting worse, isn't it? You know, they've got all these big team leaders, but they don't win with the amount of leaders they've got. I mean, you think they've got three or four big Grand Tour winners in there? They're all on, you know, well over three or four million which, you know, they pay three or four riders what most teams have for a budget for a year. Um, and it's, it's not really worked out you know, that there's a grand plan of trying to win all three grand tours. They've got nowhere near it, have they? Alex Dowsett did all right there as a British rider in, in that sort of setup. I know he wasn't a leader, so we're not necessarily talking about the same thing. Um, but he found, uh, he found success there. Yeah, I think um, Movistar aren't like French teams used to be as well. You know, they're, they're quite set in their roots of, of their nation and could be quite traditional. And, and Movistar mourns at most, you know, because of the, the heritage they have in that squad, um, going back to Indurain and Delgado. And I think they've really advanced and changed and the likes of sort of Canyon coming on board. They've got their time trial set up. And Alex, I think, helped a lot with that, mm. 
with the our record project he did and the advancements they made in their their aerodynamic stuff. But obviously they won the Giro, didn't they, with um, Carapaz? And they've got proven success, track record of success. Sean, what do you think? Could it could that be a, a good move for Garrett Thomas? No, I don't think it's going to change anything for Mobistar uh, taking on Garrett Thomas and. When you look at Mobistar in this race, I think uh, you know they've got the best they could out of it. Losing Valverde was a big loss because you know he was the rider there. He can read the race and the position he was in, he could go in the attack and he could really you know shake up the race very earlier on. So he was badly missed. But uh, against the Primus Roglic, as Bradley said, you know there's not many teams, even Ineos. I think if you had Bernal, who was you know a much better Bernal. He would have difficulty, I think, toppling Primus Roglic in this race because he was in control all the way through. And the team, we see the way the team rode here. Like They were never put under pressure. They had so many riders from um, uh, the team of uh, Primus Roglic in the final of the stages. I think uh, it was he was just untouchable uh, in this race. And I don't think you know any of the riders we talk about here was in this tour. There was no way they were ever going to beat him. Mm, and they're just approaching this final weekend sort of hanging on, anything can happen. Roglic could come down again like we've seen him do. Yeah, I mean, he could. Don't say it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think he'll... Um, he's not that much of a Hubbard on a bike. I think he is... Um, he's not that much of a liability. I think he has had his crashes, but, you know, I think it, it just shows anyone's capable of having those crashes, but I don't think he's a, a walking liability. He doesn't need to take any risks now. No, definitely not. That brings us to the end of this episode of the Bradley Wiggins Show by Eurosport, brought to you by Zwift the cycling app that makes training fun because fun is fast. Sean, thanks for joining us. Thank you very much. Thank you, Sean. Great to have you back. Brad, thank you, as ever. Yeah. Um, you're both here until the, until the end. Until Sunday, yeah. Until Sunday, yeah. Enjoy the TV. I will, um, I will say goodbye to you for now. The pod, though, Brad, carries on in my absence. Does it? Yeah. <laughs> Where can we find you on social media, so Sean? There we go. Oh, sorry. Uh, sorry. <laughs> Sean Kelly at Sean Kelly CC. And Brad, as so ever, Sir Wigate. You can follow Eurosport on Twitter at Eurosport underscore UK. Plus, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook. Thank you to our producer, Pete Burton. Finally, from me, Graham Wilgos, it's goodbye. If you've enjoyed the show, please do subscribe, share, and rate us. Brad, Sean, thanks again. Thank you. You're back tomorrow. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com planning for your next trip Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.